Throughout the decades, there has been one standout voice in harness racing. Adam Hamilton has conveyed the amazing highs and the heartbreaking lows. Retrovision, a proud to present Adam Hamilton. Retrovision, lowest prices guaranteed. RAC members save an extra 5% every day at Retrovision. Morning, Jim Diggers. Great to be on with you. And uh, we're, we're probably in a little bit of a lull period with Australia's feature racing, but uh, we've got a big focus over in New Zealand with this new slot race only just around the corner, two weeks away from today, in fact. And we've got a key lead-up race coming up at Menangle on Saturday night where two of the, well, I'll call them Aussies because they've been racing here that are heading over for it in Stylish Memphis, the former Kiwi Mayor with young gun Jack Trainer, and the old boy Elta Orlando. They tackle a free-for-all over the 2,300 metres, race five at Menangle, and that'll be both of their last and only lead-up races uh, before they head across to New Zealand for the race. So, look, I've got to give credit where it's due, guys. Um, I was sceptical about this slot race because... Uh, and I, I still firmly believe that there's not enough extra money being put in over and above the the 10 slot holders putting in 75, gives you 750, and then the Cambridge Club has kicked in another 150. But, uh, but I'll tell you what it shows. Um, build it and they will come. There is good support for such a thing in harness racing, obviously, and New Zealand's first cab off the rank. So, yep. Plenty, uh, plenty to watch over the next couple of weeks as we get close to it, guys. How much traction is it getting in the media on the East Coast, Adam? Because you have spoken about it and you've you've cast some doubt. And again, you just spoke about it then. But is it is it sort of gathering momentum over there? Albeit we know the the race is taking place across the ditch. Oh, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, you know, Michael Guerin, we you know yep. we know Mick really well. He's doing a super job of promoting it. It's certainly creating a lot of interest in New Zealand. And the fact that, you know, there are now, well, there's sort of three and a half Aussie horses going over, if you can call it that way, because Spellbound, Nathan Purden's mare from Victoria, Mac Dan, the Newcastle Mile winner, um, Emma and Clayton Stewart on loan to Mark Purden uh, and Hayden Cullen, the All-Stars barn, for this particular race. He's already over there, Mac Dan, and Elta Orlando. And then the half I refer to is uh, Stylish Memphis. I mean, she's a Kiwi mare, but she's done all of her best racing over the last year and a bit in Australia. So there will be interest. And I think what has kicked up the interest in the last couple of weeks is the fact that Jack Callaghan will be going over to drive Elta Orlando. And we already had uh, Jack Trainer. Uh, going over. He goes on Sunday week with Stylish Memphis. He'll look after her over there, even though she goes back to New Zealand trainer Mark Jones and Jack Trainer will drive Stylish Memphis in the race and Jack Callaghan will be on Ultra Orlando. So I think the fact those two are going and we've got some horses is certainly creating a lot of interest. Wherever Jack Callaghan goes, there's interest, guys. Um, you should hear the number of people that are contacting me from America about Jack Callaghan, and I know we're digressing here, but uh, this is all because of the impact we've seen from Dexter Dunn, um, Andrew and Todd McCarthy, and the fact that Jack Callaghan, he, he's reminding so many people of a Dexter Dunn at the same age, and there's so many people in America asking, will he come and have a go over here? And 
The answer to that is yes, he will, but he's probably just waiting for the right time. I reckon what he's waiting for is till he turns 21, because then he can have a beer when he goes over there, guys. <laughs> uh, now, Adam, ladies in red, closing in on a return. Yeah, she is indeed. Um, and a little bit, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but it's super close now. Um, I expect she'll trial either next week or the week after. Had a chat with uh, Emma Stewart uh, earlier this week, and she said, look, she's come back super well. She's got uh, on the 7th of May is the $210,000 Australian gold final. Now, this was the three-year-old gold final, which was pushed back. When we had COVID, the two-year-old went to the three-year-old season. The three-year-old has gone to the four-year-old season. Uh, There's heat for that towards the end of the month at Ballarat. Um, Of course, she's had the 20 starts, 17 wins, three seconds. She's as good a two- or three-year-old filly as we've seen in Australia for for 20 years, I reckon, ladies in red. But there's still that question mark, and this won't prove it because she'll be against her own age, obviously, but she's still got to prove that she can be a star as an open-age mare and even more so whether she can do what the likes of Amazing Dream and Stylish Memphis have done, and that's beat the boys in some really good races. So, But anyway, look, it'll be terrific to have her back. Of course, David Moran, who has been such a part of the Ladies in Red story, is out suspended. Um, Some confirmation yesterday that Nathan Jack will drive her until David Moran's back from his suspension, which, off the top of my head, I reckon is early October. David Moran's out until, guys. All right, let's have a look then at Melton tomorrow on Saturday night, should I say, Adam? Yeah, well, just staying with Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin at the big Bathurst meeting last week, they didn't get the cash with Petrarca. Um, and I know I fancied the horse, but I just I don't know what more Petrarca could have done from where he was in the run. I got him going 54-1 his last half from an absolute mile back and, uh, and just running an incredible race. So he's come through it so well that Emma said, they decided to put him in as a late nom for this Shaker Maker two-year-old classic at Melton on Saturday night. Um, even though he's drawn five, he, he, he'll just be better than these horses. Um, so he'll be returning to winning form. Emma said, look, we think he's absolutely the real deal, this horse. He's a ready-made two-year-old. He's small, he's fast, he's well-gated. Um, he should be winning and winning a lot better races than this Petrarca. Um, also there at Melton, race six is the free-for-all. It's, it's not overly strong this time of year, but let's rock, let's roll. Caught the eye at Melton last week. He's in four. Vintage Cheddar unbeaten in, I think, four runs now for Andy and Kate Gath since coming from New Zealand. But he draws a back row, nine over the 1,700, so it's a challenge. Boots Electric, Sirletic, Bulletproof Boy are there as well. And there's also a good Trotters free-for-all race eight, the Uncle Patrika Trotters free-for-all, where I thought Temporale might be some each-way value. But you guys have got a ripper mares race coming up, haven't you? And talk about barrier draws. Well, they're probably the best best three mares in it, and they're going to completely stifle the betting now from one, two, three, aren't they, Timmy? Yeah, they certainly are. They look the three. You're spot on, Adam, and... Better get it on Miss Macho and Savvy Bromack during one through three, respectively. I thought that Miss Macho was very, very good down at Pinjarra. Uh, Savvy Bromack, she obviously had the run last week in the Bunbury Cup. Have to respect her, given she is the Mayor's Classic winner. Uh, I'd think that the one, though, I'd, I'd give her every possible chance of getting that 
really big win here. She needs to prove herself right up there at the top at the elite level of mares here. I think this is the golden opportunity for better get it on over the 2,500 metres here. And then, look, if you're looking for something... At an each-way quote, maybe you could go down to the other of the Turby runners in Captured Delight, but there's certainly uh, a lot of good drives up for grabs here tonight, uh, tomorrow night, Adam, because we are seeing COVID really wreak havoc from a harness point of view in WA. Yeah, I know you and I were chatting uh, off-air yesterday about it and um, obviously other jurisdictions. Look, to be honest, Victoria wasn't hit too hard by it. New South Wales had a, a really rough patch here going back a few months ago and um, look, it is, it's frustrating and it is a challenging time. You guys are probably playing catch up a little bit in that regard, but, uh, but it, look, it will pass. And look, if nothing else, it'll give opportunities to, um, to some drivers who might not normally get opportunities in, in those sorts of races. So no, looking forward to that one, the 50 grand up for grabs and, yeah, uh, better uh, better get it on, Miss Macho, Savvy Bromac, all quality mares. So that'll be a ripper race here, the fifth event. Guys, I'll leave you with my best, Menangle. Um, even though I love stylish Memphis, Majestic Cruiser is utterly flying at the moment for Jason Grimson. Um, freshened up since that Miracle Mile. Should have finished closer. Was chopped out at a crucial stage and gets to the 2300, which is far more his go than a mile. Gee, I reckon he's going to be hard to beat. Menangle, race five, number nine, Majestic Cruiser. And I mentioned that Melton free-for-all. Race six, number four, Let's Rock, Let's Roll. Just loved the run. Loved it at Melton last week. Draws better. It's a harder race, but he does draw better. And I haven't seen any markets yet, but if you can get each way odds, you've got to have a ticket on him, that's for sure. So Menangle, race five, number nine, Majestic Cruiser. And Melton, race six, number four, Let's Rock, Let's Roll, guys. Adam, thank you very much for your time this morning. We do appreciate it. Good luck to your cats this weekend as well. Well, they need to uh, they need to bounce back. Oh, although I'm not overly disappointed because I I reckon the Swans are going to be as hard to beat as anyone. Um, they've just got the complete team this year, and I'm not I'm certainly not playing down Melbourne, and I think Brisbane are right up there. But gee, I reckon the Swans are going to be hard to beat. Um, they were simply too good for us, and. But we have got a fair drop back in grade to take on the pies. If we don't win this one, then it'll be a grim Adam Hamilton talking to you next week, guys. <laughs> don't lose to the pies. Good luck, Adam. All the best. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Adam. There is Adam Hamilton with us on the program this morning talking all things harness racing ahead of a very busy weekend, another busy weekend, and obviously an eye towards a couple of weeks' time. Now, it should be mentioned, Diggers, just before we do go on, and we'll have a chat to Ryan Bell shortly as we build up to tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. This was a release that came out yesterday from the uh, racing office. Drivers are advised that racing and wagering Western Australia is strengthening the COVID-19 testing regime with immediate effect following recent trends in the number of positive results being returned. And we saw the impact that that had on Tuesday's meeting. All drivers will now be tested on arrival at a race meeting. All drivers are advised that under no circumstances should you enter a range person's room at a race course without first returning a supervised negative test. Drivers are reminded it is a public health requirement that masks be worn in the Reigns person's room. Your cooperation is appreciated as we continue to navigate our way through this period. So all drivers are going to be tested on arrival at every meeting that they go to. I think the same may well apply to the jockeys as well. Well, you'd, you'd hope that that is 
the case. I'm only reading this one off the Harness website. Yeah, no, certainly. The, speaking to a couple of people yesterday, oh. that was the indication that is going to be awaiting the jockeys. And we now know confirmation. Peter Nucky, who tested positive to a rat test, has now tested positive to a PCR test. So he's out of play. We know that Sean O'Donnell was a close contact. Troy Turner uh, has contracted COVID as well, I believe. Keshaw Duran is out of play as well. And we now wait and see whether any other jockeys are going to be impacted ahead of Saturday's big day out there at Ascot, Tim. So I asked the question last night of our stewards, would this be something that's extended to trainers? But as it stands, it's only drivers and jockeys because we know that without the drivers and without the jockeys on the actual day itself, the race meeting can't go ahead. So make sure that uh, the drivers and the jockeys are all good to go and, and negative to COVID by the time that the races start, then the races can get on. Now, just a little bit of racing news before we get to Ryan Bell. Kieran Ma has reported to Racing New South Wales stewards that Lighthouse has a pulse in her near forefoot and associated lameness in that foot for which she is currently receiving treatment and vet care. She is going to be subject to a vet's examination tomorrow. That is a lighthouse. Well, I didn't think she could win from the outside drawer anyway, Diggers, and if I'm hearing that, I'm even more convinced that I don't think she can win the Doncaster there on the weekend. Not ideal, put it that way. No, no. Uh, All right, let's get to Ryan Bell right now and have a look towards tomorrow night where he has got representation in the feature, but also this three-year-old race at the start of the night. Very interested to get his thoughts on what are the odds. Good morning to you, Ryan. Good morning, fellas. How are we going? We're okay. Great to have a chat to you, Ryan. We might start with what are the odds. Our last start winner goes around in race one, albeit from barrier four. Yeah, it's a winnable race. He hasn't had the perfect prep. I've had a few minor issues with him throughout this whole prep, hence why he started in dribs and drabs, but he went to Bridgetown last start and the owners live in Manjum up and there was a Westbred race so he went there and it didn't look impressive but he's that type of horse he never does only does what he has to um he comes real good and went to trials and the trial was very promising he trialed against some free-for-all horses and and tagged along with them and Mickey G came in with a good report and said he felt terrific so um uh, we'll get more answers on Friday. What have been those little niggling issues that he's encountered along the way? Uh, just going through a massive, typical three-year-old stage with his growth and his joints. Um, he, he can't keep up with himself and on the way he's offsetting and just giving himself a few feet issues, but touch wood, we're on top of them. And yeah, and it's just, just playing with his mentality a bit at the moment. Like he, he's good enough to get through it. And, but like I said, the, the last three weeks have been the best weeks out of the whole prep. So, Okay. So barrier number four tomorrow night, how does it look from there? Do you drive with confidence? No, no. he will. Well, unless Mickey G doesn't want to listen to me. <laughs> well, there's a chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he uh, will be dropping out. It's 2,500. Yep. We'll be, we'll be letting him flop out the gate and making sure that he hits the line hard. Um, he, he's still going good enough to win against this lineup over twenty five hundred for sure. Ryan, you said he went down to obviously Bridgetown and he had that win for a horse who's had some you know you know little issues along the way. And you talked about you know going through that growth spurt. For him to have a good day at the race is a good experience mentally. Do you think he's in a really good space now? Um, Digby, he's actually 
he's actually the hardest horse I've ever had to train. Even as a two-year-old, I could never read him properly. Like it just, I don't know if it's because he is a good horse and you're always worrying about him or not. I'm not too sure, but I know Shockwave never put me through the headaches that this horse is putting me through. So um, he has come through the travelling down to Bridgetown and the high-intensity trial that he had, albeit it was only three or trial. I think they went like 156 and a half or the 2100 against, um, is it Tiger, Texas Tiger or Tiger something of Hawley's yep. free-for-all horse? Um you know, so he has come through those quite good. So I'm just praying that I've been over pedantic and and worrying too much without, you know, knowing that there has been some issues, but maybe hopefully I'm worrying more than what I should be because you pull him out the next day and he seems fine. So um, to answer your question properly, uh, mentally, I think, yes, he's still where I want him to be, yeah. All right, so that is what are the odds tomorrow night. Uh, now, how do you, just one more before we let him go, how do you line him up against Swing Band? Obviously, the sales classic and Caduceus club winner. Um, they're both pretty good. Yep. Just two different types of horses. Swing Band is quite a, you know, he he's the full package where what are the odds seems to be a horse that is, yeah, uh, it's hard to tell. They're two different type of horses. Um, Swing Ben's a high cruising speed and, and quite tough, where what are the odds, I think, is his his point-to-point speed is his asset. Okay. Um, yeah, it's... But how can I knock... You know, what are the odds won 100,000 as a two-year-old and Swing Ben didn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's... it's uh, Swing Ben's gone to a whole new level, and you'll see that in the next couple of months. All right. Now, what about a word on Miss Limelight? Is there a kind barrier draw around the corner for her somewhere? Oh, you're safe that you asked me on radio, Tim, because I'm absolutely furious. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to text me on Wednesday like you normally do, you, you would have got F this and F that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of it. A- absolutely sick of it. She just, the one time she did draw good was in the Golden Girls Mile, and yep. and she had to work 200 metres harder just to get to the move along than what she should have, and she went quite well. So um, her Bunbury Cup run, albeit it was a horrible race and she was at the back of the field, she still didn't run up behind them as good as what I thought she would. So we're completely out of it on Friday because of the Barry draw and, and in the seven starts I've given her, that's been the case every time. Okay, okay. Uh, now you've got a couple of drives there for Gary Elson tomorrow night as well in Jasper Vella Beach and also Burley Shard up. Burley Shard firstly there in race number three. Yeah, he, he's a nice, honest horse. Obviously, he's a jump up in grey, but I'm pretty sure Gary and Christie wouldn't have put him in unless he was capable. And we all know when he's at his top, Burgley Shard, he, he is capable. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the one and two will do. I think they can't do much more work than what they need to. And yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, like I said, he's a jumping grey, but he's a real good front runner. So if we found the front away with a roll, I'd like to think we'd keep Vesper to our outside. Um, but I'd have to talk to Gaz about that. He might not be fit enough to do that. Who knows? But like I said, I don't think Gaz would have put him in such a race if he didn't think he was capable of winning from anywhere. And I dare say you're probably hoping that you got the drive on Jasper Vella Beach this time last week when it just sat up perfectly for him from barrier number one. Now you get on from barrier number six and June, you got the easy work. Yeah, good. Yeah, typical. Some people are just luckier than others. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, um, 
that that's still a winnable race. Again, that's twenty five hundred as yeah. well. So um, you know, I'm not too sure. Again, I'd have to. I'm controlled by what Gary and Christy want to do, but he's such a good, honest horse, Jasper Velovich. It doesn't matter what we do early, you know he's going to put his best foot forward and he's definitely going to run top five in that field, I'd say. Okay. And can you, what can you tell us about Acuto in race number seven as well, who has had a handful of starts over here, but your first drive? Yeah, I think he's a great winning chance. I, I actually rang up for the couple see that he couldn't get a driver and, and I'm wrapped that he put me on. I think the horse is going really well and I'd like to... I, again, I'm controlled by what Chris wants to do, but I think this is the type of race where he could hold up and if he's good enough, he's good enough. If he's not, he's not. But the way he's, his last two runs have really, albeit in stand races, but he's been held up and running home late. And this is not an overly strong field. So, yeah, I'd like to stay in front and give him his chance. Okay. All right. Now, before we do let you go, you mentioned Shockwave earlier on. How is he going? Yeah, he's good. He's um, He goes for his nine-month scan on Monday. And he's just doing a bit of power walking up and down the hills. And his scan will... Uh, determine whether we start stepping him up into full work, like jogging and more and more swimming. And yeah, I, I'm I'm real happy with him. You can't tell which leg he's done, which is a good sign. But that's from the outside in. So yeah, he, he's he's good. Good. Hopefully, fingers crossed, and we can start rocking and rolling. Well, we've got our fingers crossed that we can see him back and back bigger than bigger and better than ever before. Uh, very very yep. soon. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Ryan. Good luck tomorrow night. Appreciate it, guys.